0: Well, (laughs) whoa, running a little late here this morning. Lost track of time. But welcome everybody to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Great to be with you again today. And uh, got a lot to talk about. Of course, when we get back into the book of Philippians, excited about the teaching there. Uh, And I want to get to it a little bit earlier than I have because I feel like I'm squeezing it in. I do want to comment on a couple of stories uh, that are in the news today. And uh, again, as always, these things have spiritual implications. But I'm sure you all have heard about this effort to uh, spend, I think it's in San Francisco, let me just double check this, $300 a month to try to discourage young people from, yeah, San Francisco is it. try to discourage young people from Shooting folks. We're going to pay you $300 a month and we do that and you'll stop shooting people. Sometimes you just wonder well, look, we know what the bottom line is. Leftists, because they have rejected God, believe that human beings are effectively high level machines. High order animals, and that we do what we do because of the mechanisms that impinge upon us, that produce us, it's society's fault, in a a word. And if we just change the mechanisms that produce us, we'll get a different outcome. Now, of course, we know that nurture does play a role in shaping our personalities, our attitudes, our, our approaches to things. But we know that we are ultimately inherently independent beings who make our own choices, no matter what the circumstances are around us. I mean, we have to deal, of course, with the circumscribed uh, circumstance with the circumstances into which we are placed. I mean, I don't get to make the choice today to go out and buy a yacht because I've got a billion dollars in the bank because I don't have that. I don't get to make the choice of what kind of family I was born into. However, I do have choices that I can make along the way. I can choose to be a person of violence. or I can choose to be a person of peace. I can choose to be a person of criminality. Or I can choose to be a law abiding citizen. I can choose to be someone who treats my neighbor right. Or I can choose to be someone who is interested in abusing or misusing or taking advantage of my neighbor. But you see, leftists don't believe any of that. They don't believe any of that. They believe that we are produced by the society in which we live. It's a Marxist idea. See, Marx believed that the proletariat, the working class, workers of the world unite, that they are simply the production of the capitalist society and that they can't truly be free to make their own choices until you get rid of capitalism. And then once you get rid of capitalism and you create the utopian society that they're interested in, then everybody will truly be free. Well, we know what that's actually looked like. What it looks like is genocide, mass murder, starvation, incarceration, concentration camps, indoctrination camps. In other words, it is is totalitarianism. It is total and absolute control over every person in order to produce the person that you want. In other words, as I've said, Marx tried to create the kingdom of God without God. So this idea of paying somebody three hundred bucks a month and that's going to stop them from shooting people is preposterous. They're going to take three hundred dollars and go out and buy some more guns. <laughs> so, you know, because if they're inculturated into a gang lifestyle, if they're inculturated into a criminal lifestyle, if if they've already bought into that way of life, if they've already bought into that ethic, you think $300 a month is going to stop them? But see, that's why the leftists in our country believe that if they can fundamentally transform the United States of America from a free constitutional Republic based on personal responsibility, individual liberty, free enterprise, if they can get rid of that and create some kind of socialist system in which income is guaranteed and housing is guaranteed and Basically everything is guaranteed. You don't have to work for anything because the society owes you all this. And therefore we're just going to give you all of this because you as a human being, you're entitled to all of this. Society will just be perfect. There won't be any crime because people won't have a need to commit crimes. Yeah. Well, find me a totalitarian country where there's no crime. Find me a totalitarian country where there's no criminal underworld. The only thing is in totalitarian countries, the criminal class has a much more difficult time because there is no due process and you can just, once you identify who they are, they can just kill them. makes it harder to do crime when you live in a society where you are no longer a human being. You are just a cog in a wheel. You are part of the machine. And if you are doing wrong, we just pick you up and you disappear. And that's, that's the end of that. So liberty brings with it certain deficits, deficiencies, inefficiencies because we would rather be free and acknowledge that we live in an imperfect world than be promised utopia in which there will be no freedom. That's the $300 a month payment to stop shooting people. It's absurd on its face, but it shouldn't surprise us that San Francisco, of course, other communities across the country have tried this, the gun buyback program. When I was in Boston, they tried it. It's just a complete waste of time. It's its complete idiocy. And the other thing I wanted to mention is this. I'm sure you are aware, uh, since these leftists have taken over the governor of Virginia, uh, Virginia has suffered tremendously. The citizens of Virginia are under assault. Uh, We've seen it evidenced in the Northern Virginia, Loudoun County and Fairfax County pushback against critical race theory and all this teaching of transgenderism. Because a lot of people don't know this, but if you're sending your child to a public school, you really ought to know this that Virginia Department of Education Policy for the schools is that they, A, are to teach your children about transgenderism, B, teach them that they might be transgender, that the gender that they were quote-unquote assigned at birth is not real. They get to make their own choice. And C, you, the parent, have nothing to do with it. And if the child wants to be a different gender after having been indoctrinated with this mess by these screwy, screwball teachers, uh, uh, the ones who are controlled by the teachers' union, that is really nothing but a communist cabal. If your child evidences, desires, is interested in, quote-unquote, changing gender, then the parents are not to be informed unless the child wants the parents to be informed. In other words, the school system engages in a conspiracy with your minor child to keep you from knowing what the child is saying, thinking, and doing at school. Folks, that, 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 is, that is communism and totalitarianism through and through. Basically, the family doesn't matter. You are, you are irrelevant because you're too stupid to know what to do with your own children. The state knows better as represented in this case by the teachers union, and the public school system, they know better. What your job is to sit down, shut up and let them do with your child what they want to do. Because after all, they know best. Even as some jurisdictions that have said any parent that doesn't cooperate with the child's transitioning from one gender to another will be declared an incompetent parent or um, an unfit parent and the child will be removed from that parent's custody. If some jurisdictions that have gone that far, some judges that have gone that far. That's, I said that it's sort of a prelude because in, um, uh, a teacher in Fairfax County. Uh, based, a a program that they're starting, you've probably seen it, this happens to be a Muslim, you can only tell that because she's all draped and wrapped up and all that, basically saying that the children will not be taught American exceptionalism. Duh. We are far cry from that anymore, but explicitly it's been implied, it's been subtle, it's been unstated, but we know that that's what they've been doing. They've been debunking American exceptionalism, they've been decrying American exceptionalism and claiming that's just part of white supremacy and all this nonsense. We will not teach American exceptionalism. We will not teach that America is some special country. We will not teach that America is better than any other country. And well, we are, (laughs) we're better than any other country, which is why the world flocks here. I didn't say that we as people are better than other people. That's not what I said. See, that's what they want to morph that into. I said we are a better country than any other country because we're a country built on better values. You know, what I'm doing right now, what I just said to you just now about transgenderism and all that, Do you know, I couldn't do that in Canada. I couldn't do this in Canada. Now, there may be some Canadians online who are watching me, but I wouldn't be allowed to, to do that in Canada. They would, they would try to find me and maybe even imprison me for saying homosexuality is sin or reading from Romans chapter one, Canada, that's our neighbor to the north, a, a relatively free country compared to many others. But I couldn't do that. In fact, I've often wondered as my visibility rises, whether I'm going to come to the point where I'll try to go to Canada for some reason, my wife and I just visited Canada briefly, um, you know, uh, I, I think we went to Canada one time while we were on vacation, just decided to cross the border and uh, I, I think we were up in, up in, uh, We actually, I think we had gone on a cruise, an Alaska cruise, and we decided we were going to go into Canada and just experience Toronto, and uh, we did, you know, beautiful looking place and all that, but, but I, I, I've often thought to myself, as my visibility rises, am I going to be met at the Canadian border and told, no, you're not allowed in here. You're a bigot. You're a hater. You're, you know, there and, and by by the way, no slam on, on, on the Canadian people, because there are a whole lot of countries much, 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 much worse than even that. Some countries I could go into and, and would have to wonder whether I'd escape with my life. I mean, I would, I would want to go into some of these um, nations that are controlled by fairly radical adherence to Sharia law like Iran. I might never get out because I've taken a very clear position on Islam. I, look, and by the way, after this woman shared that drivel uh, Fox News had another uh, woman on, a Muslim woman, who I agree with everything she said pretty much except the fact that she's a Muslim. She said America is an exceptional country. I couldn't live the life I live in any other Muslim, in any Muslim country. She said it. I didn't. She said it. There is a problem with Islam. She pointed to a a great big old uh, multiple shelves of books. She said all these books that you see or, my study of 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 radical Islam and how Islam has been turned into something very, very ugly and dangerous. I could, she said, I could live. I couldn't live the life I live in a, in a Muslim country. So we are better than other countries. Deal with it. That is moral relativism nonsense. See, this is Isaiah five experiences, the, as we are living in I, Isaiah 5 experience, I should put it that way. Woe to those who put evil for good and good for evil, darkness for light and light for darkness, Isaiah 5, 20, 20 21, 22, I think. Darkness for light, light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. See, as as our country's leaders, and I don't think that the people have nearly gone, have gone anywhere near as far as these idiot leaders that we've got have, but our country pulls further and further and further away from our Judeo-Christian values and principles, it also pulls further and further away from freedom and further and further away from wisdom and decency and honor and common sense. Because you can't separate Judeo-Christian values. You can't can't extract Judeo-Christian values and then say, but we wanna keep all the wisdom and goodness and decency and common sense and all of that. You can't because the two are inextricably intertwined. And when you pull the Judeo-Christian values out, the rest collapses. And that's what we're witnessing. We're witnessing godless, anti-Christian, amoral, atheistic philosophies and ideas predominating in many of our cultural institutions and impacting the, the hearts and minds of many of our people. And as a result, the, the the social cohesion that has held us together is being undermined and ripped apart. So, see, that's why I say being conservative in my view is not enough. It's great. I'm glad <laughs> somebody's conservative. Because <laughs> I think they're on the right side philosophically and ideologically, but it's not enough. Because you see, conservatism, conserving, conserving what? Conserving ideals, conserving truth, conserving what works. Well, what works, American ideals, are based in truth, and truth comes from the Word of God. And when you try to be conservative without God, you have a very shallow foundation. And, I, and, and look, I'm not saying that I, I wouldn't vote for a person who was conservative unless they believed in God or believed or was, or was a Christian. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when a person has their conservatism rooted and grounded in faith in Jesus Christ, which means it's rooted and grounded in truth, it is a much more sure foundation. And that, is what they're after. They're after that foundation. See, because they know if they can destroy that foundation, the rest will crumble. The rest will crumble. I mean, we had this guy um, elected in the 5th District of of, uh, Virginia, Republican, quote unquote, conservative, and he ends up performing a homosexual marriage, so-called, because there's no such thing, but so-called and then had the nerve to get on his high horse and didn't understand why anybody would question that, why anybody would suggest that there was anything wrong with that. Because the triad pod of Judeo-Christian values is faith. And by that we mean faith in God, faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, faith in the God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ faith in the Bible as God's word, family. And by that we mean one man, one woman in the bonds of holy matrimony, bringing forth children, raising those children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So faith, family, and freedom. And by freedom, we don't mean license. We don't mean freedom to be as as promiscuous as you want to be. We don't mean freedom to get high on drugs because all the drugs are legal. We don't mean freedom to to basically engage in every perverse, depraved, degenerate thing you can think of. We mean freedom to fulfill your God-given potential. We mean freedom to pursue your highest aspirations. We mean freedom to seek excellence in all that you do without the hindrance of government telling you what you can and cannot do, what you can and cannot say, what you can and cannot think. That's what, that's what real freedom, that's what the freedom of the founding fathers uh, uh, that's the freedom of the founding fathers had in mind. And when the founding fathers, when they wrote uh, through Thomas Jefferson life, liberty and pursuit of happiness Pursuit of happiness didn't mean, oh, whatever makes me happy, that's what I want to do. No, pursuit of happiness meant, from from their classical perspective, the pursuit of happiness meant the pursuit of virtue, the pursuit of moral excellence. Here again, the fulfillment of your God-given potential. Going to the highest place in that which is good. So when you take away those Judeo-Christian principles and you try to be conservative, that's what you get. You get that congressman who's, well, I I don't see anything wrong with performing a same-sex marriage. And by the way, big anti-Trump person as well. So, but he's chosen and given that nomination in a rather um, quick uh, uh, and unexpected development when the former congressman resigned suddenly And the the district committee gave him that nomination because there wasn't time for a primary, there wasn't time for a convention, gave him that nomination because he was quote unquote conservative. And I guarantee he thinks of himself as conservative. But you see, there's no root, no foundation in truth which comes from God And therefore, that conservatism is a very, very, very weak platform upon which to build anything. And as we saw with him, the platform collapsed. And now we have Representative Bob Good, a friend of mine, who is a a sold out man of God, who is actually in his first term in Congress and already providing leadership because he knows who he is, he knows where he's come from, and he knows where he's going, and he knows in whom he has believed. And folks, that makes all the difference. So I just encourage you, get involved in your school board. If your children, oh my goodness, if your children are in public schools, oh, get them out, just get them out, get them out. Get them out before it's too late. But if you want to get involved politically and get engaged and you're trying to figure out how run for school board, be a voice for righteousness on the school board and and come against some of this insanity that is being perpetrated against our young people, trying to turn them into little Marxists. In fact, I read an article this morning, this teacher bragging, bragging about being able to turn kids into Marxists. Bragging, a public schools teacher bragging about it. Said I've only got them for 180 days, but in 180 days, I, I, I want to turn them into good Marxists. I'm serious folks bragging about it. Um, California teacher. There's the fact that James O'Keefe's organization, Project Veritas caught this teacher saying these things, I have quote, I have 180 days to turn them into revolutionaries. Gabriel Gipe, get your children out of these, these demonic pits. There are some great teachers. My wife taught in public schools for 20 years, but I tell you what, it got increasingly more frustrating for. And they were always trying to figure out why were they failing? Why were the kids failing? Why weren't the kids doing better? Because here again, when you extract out those Judeo-Christian values, oh, everybody's a winner and everybody gets a trophy as opposed to rewarding people for merit. Even God does that. Rewards people for merit. Now, he loves us regardless, but he doesn't reward us regardless. I don't want to get into a whole teaching right now about grace because grace is another matter. Once you are brought into the family of God, you are entitled to grace. But even that grace is earned, except not by you. It's earned by Jesus Christ. That's where the grace comes from. That allows you to receive what you have not, could not, and did not earn. But Jesus did it for you. As the song says, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. All right, let's, let's get over here to the Philippians. Get back to Philippians chapter one. I'm having a good time with this. And so let's get right back to it. All right, we finished up yesterday. On the 11th verse, it said, me, filled with all the fruits of righteousness. I talked about you're not a sinner. If you're saved, if you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're not a sinner. You're saved by grace. And by the way, folks, I really believe the Spirit of God just brought this to mind. I've got a, a, a member of my church who came down with COVID and there were some complications. He has been, he was, as of yesterday, as of last night, in critical condition. His name is David. I'm asking you all to pray for David, for his healing. Believe God for his healing. Now, here again, I don't want to get into old teaching about this, but I don't believe God has given anybody COVID, and I don't believe God is killing anybody, and I don't believe God is putting anybody in critical condition. I believe all these things are the result of a fallen world that began with the true original sin of Satan's rebellion in heaven, which he then brought and, and, and basically infected Adam and Eve with. And now we all come under that. But as Christians, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And even though we live in this fallen atmosphere, we have the ability and the right, by the way, to resist it and to fight it because it's not God's will for us. So I've declared over David, let me make sure I've got the right, because I sometimes will cite these wrong, and I don't want to do that. Um, Psalm 114, no, that's not right. Hold on. But the, but the word says, he shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I want to make sure I give you the correct sight on that psalm. Psalm one, eighteen, seventeen. Uh, that was close. Psalm 118, I'm thinking 118, 14, 118.14, 118.17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Would you all pray for David? Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for David right now. He is healed. He is whole. He is healthy because by your stripes, Jesus, he was healed. You said we've been redeemed from the curse of the law because you were made a curse for us for cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we received that for David and we receive it for ourselves. I receive it for this entire audience. We believe it in Jesus name. Amen. Folks, Abraham had a child at hundred years old. That's the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of abraham is, is health and long life not sickness and death all right let's let's get back to ephesians it's felt lit of the spirit to share that with you all and so uh, i know the bible says one could put a thousand to flight two ten thousand. jesus said wherever two or three are gathered together in my name i'm in the midst and the word says jesus said if two of you agree is touching anything i will do it so I'm believing that our coming in agreement on his healing is powerful and effectual and successful. So I'm going to come back since I've shared that with you. I'll come back and I'll give you the report uh, on his healing and his health and his wholeness as soon as we have seen that manifest. And it's not a matter of if, as far as I'm concerned, or a matter of whether. It's only a matter of when. See, folks. When I take a faith stand, I don't back off. I don't look for excuses. I don't look for ways out. I don't look, No, that. That's it. That's all. That's where I stand, period. No qualifications, no explanations, no, no, but if, no, buts, no ifs, no babies. That's that. That's it. It's done in the name of Jesus. That's the kind of fence when you believe in God for victory. That's the kind of stand you've got to take folks. You can't take, look, James chapter 1 says, ask in faith nothing doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave driven by the wind and tossed. And let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. For a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You're double-minded. You can't be double-minded on this stuff, folks. (coughs) You can't be double-minded. People say, well, why why did one have... This outcome and the other didn't. Well, I we don't. I don't know the answer in every specific, but I can tell you one thing. You can't. You can't expect successful results if you're double-minded. Not in God. He did, I mean, I just. I just quoted it to you. Do I need to read it to you? Okay. Well, fine. I'll do that. I, I'm going to get. Here, I'm going to get away to Philippians in a second, but. You know as I said, I don't, I don't, maybe I didn't say, I haven't said this, but, but I'll say it to you. See, I don't speak out of my head. I speak out of my spirit and my spirit grabs what's in my head and, and, and uses it for the messages that the Lord has me bring you. But I, I'm, I'm not, one of these people who, well, this is it. I've got an outline. That's what I'm following. I am led by the spirit of God and what I have to say to you. So that's why sometimes I say, you know, this is the spirit of the Lord. Um, Okay. It says in the sixth verse of James chapter one, but let him ask, well, let's read chapter, let's read verse five, James chapter one, verse six, but let's read verse five as a prelude. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, this is talking specifically here about wisdom. Now, that can be wisdom. Well, Lord, how do I pray about this? Or how do I approach this? Or how do I deal with this? But the next principle is a principle of prayer for anything and everything. It says, but let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive, not just wisdom, anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That's James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. So that's it. It's done. We, We believe it. We receive it. We thank God and praise God for it. And we're not even looking back. It's, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. The only thing we're waiting for is the testimony. The testimony in, in the rearview mirror, say, yeah, well, praise God. I believe that I received that. I saw that. Now, look, it's, that's done. See, it's done. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. Let's pick up at the 12th verse, Philippians chapter one. It says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard. Cause Paul is in prison to the whole palace guard, probably under a kind of house arrest and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the brethren in the Lord having become confident of my chains are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now look, here again, I always want to apply this to the circumstances of the day and to your circumstance because that's what the Bible is all about. And that's where so many pastors miss it because they don't want to take the Bible and apply it to something that they might think to be controversial or somebody might not want to hear that. But if the word of God, a word of God applies, just cut it loose. Just rip, roaring, kick back, <laughs> you know, and cut it loose. Just flat-footed declaration of the truth. No backing up, no backing down. Paul says, the things that have happened to me have actually turned out to the furtherance of the gospel. Now look, I've been persecuted and talked about and had ugly things said about me and been my life's been threatened and all of that. But you know what? It's all turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. When you get persecuted for standing up for God and for his word and for truth. It's going to further your spiritual walk. It's going to further the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's going to be a testament both in heaven and in earth. Here's someone who stood up for God and would not back down. You know, there are people that we know today who we would not have known had they not taken the ultimate sacrifice of speaking up for God and for his word and suffering the consequences, often death. We would know know a thing about them. But we not only know about them, we know about what they stood for. We know the principle that they were seeking to advance. And, and, and often, by the sacrifice of their lives, furthered that principle. You know, all the apostles, except for one, including the apostle Paul, which I always believe that Paul, it is my belief that Paul, not Matthias, who Peter chose by lot, that he was the real, Paul, the apostle Paul, was the real replacement for Judah, Judas. But Peter wasn't willing to wait. Instead of Peter just wait. Look, Jesus told them go to Jerusalem and wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Did they choose Matthias after the Holy Spirit to come upon them? No, how they choose Matthias Peter cast lots and you never hear from him again. But here's the Apostle Paul who comes along later knocked down on the road of Damascus blinded. Scales taken from his eyes through prayer, filled with the Holy Spirit, given revelation upon revelation, and writes two-thirds of the whole new covenant. I ask you, who was the replacement? I believe it was Paul. Because he he is Paul's chosen by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Matthias was chosen by Peter, <laughs> you know Because Peter was always, he just did what he—he never wanted, wanted to wait. Oh, there's Jesus on shore. Oh, okay. He jumps in the water and swims. He could have just taken the boat to shore. No, 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 no. He, you know he jumped. Lord, is that you? Yeah, it's me. Bid me to, if it's you. Bid me to come to you on the water. Come on. Then he got scared and started falling. That was always his way. Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you, yeah, Peter. Yeah. Before the cock crows, you're gonna deny me three times. No, no, Lord, not me. Uh Uh-uh. Some of us may be like that from time to time, but God is merciful and and full of grace. He says, the things that have happened to me have turned out to the furtherance of the gospel. Look, whatever the devil tries to do to you, you trust God, it's going to further the gospel. It's not going to stop it. It's not going to hinder it. It's going to further it. Since so, that it has become evident to the whole palace guard that my chains are in Christ. In other words, everybody knows that I'm in this position not because I murdered somebody, not because I stole from somebody, not because I assaulted somebody, but because I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody knows. Oh yeah, he, they're holding him because of his faith in this Jesus. Look, I got knocked off Twitter because of my love for Jesus Christ. When those Christians were attacked in Sri Lanka and somebody said, well, the Christians were evangelizing. This guy, Andy Fox, whoever he is, the Christians were evangelizing the wrong way and they weren't being completely, and I got on Twitter and said something innocuous, really, innocuous. What I said was, you are going to compare people evangelizing in a way that you think was not right or upfront or honest to murdering people. And I said, Muslims are murdering people. You can't compare the two. That's a paraphrase, but something like that Twitter said, Oh, that's, you violated our rules. You violated our rules. Now what they really mean is you are a Christian and we will not have you as a Christian defending Christianity. And I really believe they want to be off anyway. You know, they say they use algorithms, but I think there are people there. Once they get to identify who certain folks are and what they stand for, I think they're looking to target them. And I think they didn't like my position on homosexuality. They didn't like my position on homosexual marriage, my position on transgenderism, my position on Islam, my position on anything for that matter. But those particular issues, I think the homosexual issue is the big one for them because these places are just infiltrated and, and, and infected with homosexuality. And they've got to justify their perversion. They've got to justify it and justify. It means getting rid of people like me who give a biblical view of what it is. And the biblical view I shared it with you yesterday says God gave them up to a reprobate mind. And a reprobate mind is a twisted, crooked, perverse mind it says God just let them do what they wanted to do. That's not Bishop Jackson talking It's what the word of God says, but here again, I'm being persecuted for the word's sake because that's what the word says. The word says persecution comes to take away the word that was sown in people's hearts. But guess what? I'm not, as far as I'm concerned, diminished at all. I mean, I had about 6,000 followers on Twitter then. I'd probably have 60,000 now for, for who knows. But you know what? I'm, I'm going on, on national television this month. So God is, is in no way allowed my ability to get the gospel of Jesus Christ to be diminished, to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out, to be diminished because of what Twitter thinks of me. That you may approve the thing, uh, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm going back. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now, I look, I know that I'm not having the, the, the kind of impact and influence that others may be having, some who maybe don't even agree with me, who are having more impact and got a bigger platform. But I'll tell you what, I had no doubt whatsoever, and this is true for you too if you'll take a stand, that others will become confident and much more bold to speak the word without fear because they see you willing to do it. See, that's what the apostle Paul is getting at. He said, because people see that even though I'm in chains, I am not compromising the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when they see your boldness, they become more bold. So people hear me say, yeah, I'm going to preach against abortion because the Bible teaches against it because God knows those children in their parents' wombs. That to me is part of the word of God. And Paul said, I am not, I have not shunned in the book of Acts. i have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. And I really believe that as other people hear me, you, whether you're in a different kind of circumstance with a smaller audience, but as they hear you or me or anyone else boldly proclaim the truth, it emboldens others to do likewise. And that's what we need to do. We need to continue to embolden others. This is Acts twenty twenty seven, and it was Acts twenty. I wanted to get the exact verse. Acts twenty twenty seven. I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so he says in the 12th verse, I'm sorry, in the 14th verse, uh, Acts the 15th verse, man, I keep going back. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowledge, uh, love knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel what then only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth Christ is preached and in this I rejoice yes and will rejoice you know what Paul is saying I don't even the people who hate me Who are envious of me and want to prove they can out preach me and all that and want to prove that I'm not that Even they will help further the gospel by trying to diminish me. All they really do is magnify me. Look, always remember this. God will take what your enemies try to do against you and turn it to your good. Trust him for that. Trust him for that. Turn it to your good and turn it to his purpose. Trust him for that. Now we say, God is not the author of evil, he's not the author of bad, but God is the one who takes evil and bad and curses and turns them into something that will further his ends. You know, think about it. God has to work that way because if he didn't work that way, he wouldn't get anything done. Because the whole world, we just saw the whole world lies in darkness. How's God going to work with that? God is continually taking darkness and turning it into light. He doesn't create the darkness. He's not trying to have bad things happen in any way. But he's the one who reaches in and takes that bad thing and turns it into something good. I've often said your misery. God can turn into your ministry. your mess God can use to turn into a manifestation of his goodness and grace in your life. That doesn't mean we ought to go around looking for misery or go around creating a mess. It just means that when you find yourself in it, as Paul is here in chains, remember that God will turn it to your good. I got to go. We know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are the called according to this, his purpose. say so he, he, he does all things, says He works all things for your good. So if you're facing something right now, don't despair. Don't be despondent. Don't be discouraged. Just say, God, I know you're going to turn this to my good. I'm going to believe that and receive that by faith. I got to go, folks. God bless you. I'll be back with you again today, 1 p.m. Eastern time on American Family Radio. In the meantime, oh, and, and by the way, this is American History, Celebrate American History Month. So celebrate American history. Look, go to Wall Builder's website, check out some of the books. I told you I'm reading a book by John Jay right now. Uh, Talk to your children about American history. There's so much nobility, so much that is inspiring and uplifting and encouraging in American history. Don't believe the lies and the naysaying of critical race theory and the 1619 Project. And this stupid teacher telling people, American exceptionalism, we're not going to teach that. Don't believe that nonsense, because the facts speak otherwise. We are an exceptional nation. We have always been a shining city on a hill. There are those who want to dim us, but we're simply not going to allow them to do it. And that can begin with you in your own home, among your own friends, sharing stories, this month particularly, celebrate American History Month, sharing stories about American history that people can find inspiring and uplifting and encouraging about our country. God bless you. I love you. Pray for me. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's